Hello listeners, before you get started on this episode, you need to know that it contains adult conversations about sex. This episode is definitely not appropriate for minors. You're listening to Inside the Aluminum Tube. This podcast has adult language and sometimes contains graphic descriptions of accidents and incidents, often resulting in death. If you're scared to fly, proceed with caution. Sir, are your pants meowing? Yeah, you interested? Pull up. No, the plane is about to crash. Wind shear. You're looking a little anxious, Kent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Increase climb. Only if you really need me to. Threw his clothes off. Had an accident. Got his tree and went night night. 50, 40. Oh, so like some dumb bro shit. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. 30, 20, 10. Clear of conflict. Welcome back to the Aviation History Podcast. Together with my often lovely co-host, today being no exception, we are going to look at, at events in aviation history like air disasters, accidents, incidents, and mere mishaps, along with just plain old history. Aviation is worth remembering, but it's worth remembering accurately, so I'm here to tell you the stories. I'm Shannon Baker. I'm your host, and I'm the creator. You can learn uh, about me in episode zero. If you want to see pictures of the events we talk about and enhance your experience, you should follow me on Instagram at AluminumTube. You can go to AluminumTubePodcast.com or ALTubePodcast.com, where you can join my Patreon, tip me, get decals, meet the co-hosts, and listen to episodes. I'd like to ask my listeners to please leave a review and a rating wherever you listen, and please tell a few friends about my podcast. Uh, This is a passion project, and I just do it for fun, and it would be great to get more listeners. You should also join my Patreon because I pour my heart into entertaining everyone here. This piece in particular took me seven hours to write. Typically, I spend between four and 20 hours researching and writing. But before we get started, I want to read some listener mail, which contains a lot of great information and a correction, and it's specific to the last episode. Did you listen to the last episode? It's about Igor Sikorsky. Do you want me to lie here? No, you don't have to lie. You didn't listen to it? (laughs) That's okay. At least Um, I'm honest. Yeah, exactly. I I don't expect anything else. Okay, from a listener, his name is David. He writes, That was a great podcast about a great man. He reminds me of Einstein in a way, a brilliant original thinker who never gave up. And then he says, I have always loved his amphibs and seaplanes. To me, they are works of art that flew. A married couple who extensively explored Africa back in the 20s and 30s, Martin and Osa Johnson, each had their own Sikorsky amphibs an S-38 and an S-39. One had the markings of a giraffe and the other of a zebra. So I looked that up. I think that's an amazing bit of history. These people, this couple flying around Africa, each one with their own seaplane back in like 20s, 30s. I want a seaplane. That just sounds fun. It's really romantic. I mean, it's kind of romantic. You know, it's that's like the time of Casablanca and like, you know, that, that kind of era. It was cool. You know, it put me in mind of like Catherine Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart. I did a little research and I found that Martin and Osa is actually a trademark brand. Their names have been used on clothing lines and their story actually belongs to Disney. Ooh. I think everybody's story belongs to Disney Pretty at some much point, right? Everybody. Yeah. Anyway, there is more, and he offered me a correction, and I strive for accuracy, and here's the correction. Quote, neither of the Wright brothers died in a plane crash, as was alluded towards the end of the podcast. Wilbur died of typhoid in 1912. I forget when Orville passed, but I think it was in the 50s. Really enjoyed it, David. Okay, so once he wrote this, I recalled that Wilbur was involved in the first major plane crash. And although he was injured badly, he was not killed. However, the passenger on board was killed. And he was the first person to be killed in an aircraft That's accident. That's pretty cool. Lieutenant Thomas Selfridge, and we'll remember him forever. What struck me about this is I looked up photos, and it kind of just looks like a wedding tent like collapsed. <laughs> here, here, look at the picture. Oh, it That's really does. That's a picture of the crash. That's a plane? I, I, or, see, I, see, why, I see why it crashed. Yeah. Doesn't look very sustainable. No, it, it he lost control of it. It it actually a propeller flew off or something. Oh, ouch. That's the correction. Wilbur did not die in a plane crash. He was badly injured. He was not killed. I do strive for accuracy and I just wanted to to yes. make that clear. Also, David, thank you for the email. That that was really nice. 
Yeah, Sarah. So it has been a year since we started talking about this, but let me introduce you first. Today, I am recording with a very special co-host. She's an adult film actress and works as a personal companion. Her socials and links will be available on my Instagram, and you can find her on AluminumTubePodcast.com. You can read about her there. Again, you can find her links there. Her name is Sarah St. Clair, and I'm delighted Hello, to have... Hello, Interweb. I'm so delighted Thank to have you Thank you for having me you. on here. Welcome, Sarah. So tell me about yourself. About me. Did uh, I get everything right in yes. the intro? Let me just say that. Did I get everything yes, right I'm in the intro? a professional porn star and professional girlfriend, and oh. I'm probably up in the clouds as much as you. Fantastic. I do <laughs> know that you fly a lot. Too damn much. I feel as though you're uniquely qualified for today's podcast, and I, uh, I wrote oh. this... I've been holding back this idea for a year, and I kind of just wrote it with you in mind. Oh, I'm so excited. So I really hope you enjoy it. I hope Again, it's you're uniquely qualified to comment oh on it. I can only imagine. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I'm going to make it super easy on you. I know that you've listened to a couple episodes, but you haven't listened to them all. I'm just going to tell you a story from aviation mm-hmm. history. You're going to ask questions. You're going to interject, interrupt, and you're going to comment. Just bring your bubbly self. Let's do it. All right. Story time. The very first thing is we're going to talk airplanes a little bit. Yes. Okay. We start with the date, and then we'll move on from there. Let's do it. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Okay. The date, December 23rd of 1991. (laughs) Bitch, you wasn't born. (laughs) No, I was 20 days old. (laughs) There you go. 20 days old. On this day, a female pilot and her passenger boarded a small twin-engine plane in Rainbow City, Florida, with the intent of doing some practiced instrument approaches. That's what the airplane looks like. Okay. That's a Piper. Well, anyway, they were going to go up and do some practiced instrument approaches. This is the kind of procedure that you'd do to get comfortable with flying an airplane in bad weather. Mm-hmm. Pilots practice it when they're just starting out inexperienced pilots. It lets you land in bad weather, clouds, rain, stuff like that. When you can't see the runway, you follow your instruments. Okay. It's how we find airports on rainy days. Gotcha. Not a big deal. However... This day was sunny and clear, and the intent was just to practice. A little four-seater? This may has six, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think it has two pilot seats and four in the back. Gotcha. But true to this podcast, things did not go as planned. Dun, dun, dun. The airplane crashed, and both occupants were killed. However, the National Transportation Safety Board wrote, quote, The private pilot and pilot-rated passenger were going to practice simulated instrument flight. Witnesses observed the airplane enter into a dive, the right wing of the aircraft failed, and the aircraft crashed, killing both occupants. Examination of the wreckage and bodies revealed that both occupants were partially clothed, and the front seat was in the full aft-reclining position. So it was getting a blowy. <laughs> Mile High Club! Neither body showed evidence of seat belts or shoulder harnesses being worn. Examination of the individual's clothing revealed no evidence of ripping or distress to the zippers and belts. But were they even on? Because you said partial clothing. So was the pants even on? (laughs) So basically, they died having sex in the air. Um, No, he was getting a blowy for sure. We don't exactly know what was going on, but this is that is what happened. He was coming. He wasn't paying attention straight to the ground. Okay, stand by just a sec. So now I'm going to have to introduce both of you. It's not a big deal. I could just back out too. What name do you want to go by? Jenny Tay. Yeah, I'm known as her wife. So Also hey, a hey. professional companion. Jenny, tell us about yourself. I am the wifey of Sarah St. Clair and I am just the shit. Yeah, that's it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's the best wrap up I've ever had. I'm the shit. I just uh, had to make it easy and quick, you know? Just like us. Quick right, and easy. Quick and easy. Anyway, probable cause was listed as, get this, quote, the pilot in command's improper in-flight decision to divert her attention to other activities not related to the conduct oh of the God, flight. Oh my God, that's fantastic. That's like the nicest way of saying this guy was getting a blowjob. I was right. It was yeah. a Contributi- Contributing to the accident was exceeding the design limits of the airplane and a wing failure. That's not exactly the typical accident report that the NTSB types. That's fantastic. Oh boy. I love it. So you know what was going on. A blowy! Like I or said. maybe they were just having sex. But it was female and male. The, the pilot was female. Oh. Mm. Logistically. How? I had that backwards then. Because I was thinking so that. Here's, so, so the right seat was laid all the way back, in my opinion. Okay. Because the seat was laid all the way back. She was She on was top. on top. Damn. 
So it was on autopilot? It, probably on autopilot, and somebody bumped the autopilot that was a, off. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, because that's a real bad autopilot to go straight down. Yeah. Well, it, if you're in the middle of that and you bump it off, maybe you don't notice, or maybe you're right. too close to the ground. I mean, obviously, the NTSB is right. She was diverting her attention. And they definitely <laughs> yes. died the best way possible. Orgasmic. I agree with that. I want to die that way. Me too. But like I said, it's not the type of report that the NTSB has probably ever expected to write. But this is far from the end of the story. In fact, it's not even the beginning of the story. To fully understand what just happened, we have to go back in time. This episode is unusual because we actually have two dates. So are you ready for the beginning of the story? Oh, yes. yes please. Uh, 1785. What? 1785. So how is the story going on centuries before? In this century, the English government developed and implemented the very first state-operated lottery to fund the war against the French. Because remember, they were fighting against Napoleon in the late 1700s. Once the lottery was in place, common people could gamble and win or lose with just a small amount of money, like things like scratch tickets or dollar lottery tickets. But that had never been possible before. Because up until now, gambling, any kind of way, was really for the rich. Well, gambling became very popular, and gambling mania struck all of Britain. But rich people weren't into the lottery. The very rich loved to gamble and wager on things like horse races and parlor games. Of course. I thought for sure he was going to say horse. <laughs> like to wager on horse. The game of Pharaoh was very common. It's a simple card game. It wasn't unusual for the rich to wager everything they had their whole fortunes on simple games. This was called deep play. And they would sometimes lose everything and laugh about it because of their losses would be covered by their incredibly rich family. They also gained a taste for betting on stunts, feats of strength, and whatever other nonsense struck them. How fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> An English gentleman's club called the Betting Book at Brooks in London, which kept a written record of wagers made and whether they were paid or not, recorded a wager between Lord Chamondelay <laughs> and Lord Derby. Chamondelay challenged Derby to, quote, get into a lady's knickerbockers while 1,000 yards from the earth, and Lord Derby took the bet. Ooh. So Lord Derby bought a hot air balloon, and he took it for a ride with a female. Oh my God, I have a new bucket list item now. Oh no, I don't give her ideas. Don't give this one ideas, please. The two did the deed high in the sky, and Derby collected on the bet. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. So the bet was with each other, so one of them gave the other one? No, so okay. they went up in a, hot, in a hot air balloon. Got it. And they... They brought dates, I'm sure. I see. Yes, there was a female <laughs> I involved. I was curious about that part of it. There was a female involved. So Lord Derby took a female up in a hot air balloon, and the Mile High Club was born. Kind of. That's awesome. This feat became somewhat legendary, and the legend carried on well into the 20th century. So the very first person to have sex in an aircraft was in 1785, Lord Derby. Nice. That's awesome. I want to be remembered for that. (laughs) I think that's pretty cool. So in 1903, the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur, flew the first powered airplane at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. As I covered in my episode about Igor Sikorsky, flying machines and eventually airplanes became the cultural rage. Pilots gained fame for their flying skills. Hundreds of records were set. Lives were lost. However, the dream of sex aloft was clearly not. Because in 1910, Elmer and his son, now get this name, Lawrence Burst Sperry. That's pretty cool. (laughs) I love it. Elmer and his son, Lawrence Burst Sperry, envisioned a machine that would fly the airplane for the pilot. The father-son team saw nothing but benefits. Clearly, long flights would be easier and pilots would be free to do whatever they wanted, like read a newspaper. Or, or have sex. Or get a blowy. Yeah, I, I think uh, Lawrence Burst Sperry may have, may have had other endeavors in mind. So in 1913, with his father's resources and knowledge of gyroscopes, the young inventor and pilot, and his father patented his invention called the automatic pilot. They put it on a plane, a Curtis seaplane, and they flew it that year, and it worked beautifully. Well, so this is what the airplane looked like. You would never Old. get on that thing. No. Um, that, yeah, no, that looks pretty uh, like a death trap. I'm already afraid of flying. Yeah, that one's pretty yeah, that's scary old, looking. Right. But here's where it gets good. In late November of 1916, Lawrence flew his Curtis flying boat C2 that we just looked at, They flew it at 500 feet above the coast of Long Island. He used his 
autopilot to administer a novel kind of flying lesson to one Cynthia Polk. Mm. Cynthia's husband was driving an ambulance in war-torn France at the time because this was the middle of World War I. Well, during this flight, the pilot and his female passenger managed to bump or disengage the automatic pilot, sending their airplane into the Great South Bay along the coast of central Long Island. They crashed. Okay. The two were rescued by duck hunters. However, they were completely nude. So now we know what happened later. And their clothes had sunk along with the plane. (laughs) Forever the creative, Lawrence Burst Sperry, or this time didn't burst Sperry. Well, (laughs) the good one. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) He explained to the duck hunters that the force of the crash had stripped off all their clothing. Right. I'm going to use that ever in a situation. It's just the force. It was just the force. It was just the force. That was it. It just popped (laughs) off. But a skeptical New York tabloid ran the famous headline. Aerial petting ends in wedding. <laughs> that, that's a good one. That's a good one. Lawrence Burst Sperry is generally considered by most to be the founder of the Mile High Club. Although I take issue because we already looked at Lord Derby. Derby also, was definitely the OG, for sure. For sure. I think he is too. And people also call it a, an exclusive, a quote, exclusive club. I disagree with that as well. We're going to learn why. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Them bathrooms are so small. I just don't understand how people even do it. I've tried. It's impossible. All right. Let's hear this. We'll get there. Teach me some lessons. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, in the 1930s, stunt pilot Poncho Barnes was quoted as saying that flying, quote, makes me feel like a sex maniac in a whorehouse with a stack of $20 bills. (laughs) What was his point? Apparently, flying makes you horny. Does it? Um, I do it so much that it would just be way overwhelming if it constantly (laughs) did. So no, it's a job for me. But for some people, as we're going to learn, it apparently does. If you listen to my episode about flight attendants, you will know that sex and airplanes have always been synonymous, however. Oh, yes. Is it like nurses and doctors? It really is. It really is like nurses and doctors. Beginning way back in the 1930s, attractive young females were hired as flight attendants. They were fired by the age of 32. They were also fired if they were married or pregnant. Mm. So they had to be single under the age of 32. They also had to be nurses in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) How coincidental. Right. The cabins of those airliners were often well outfitted, and even the coach seats were soft and cushioned. Ooh, fancy. They laid back a good bit. This is when the government decided which routes could be flown by airlines and how much they should charge, and tickets weren't cheap. So back in the in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, the government decided who could fly which routes and how much the tickets cost. What was approximately the price, if you know? A standard seat would be around $800 to $1,000 of today's money to wow. fly a coach seat. Wow. Oh, wow. That's really expensive. It, it is expensive. However, the routes were served all over the United States. Often, airplanes weren't full. They were operated like 50% capacity. So the government basically marked the prices so that the, co- so that the airlines could stay in business. Okay. okay. So you said back then that the government chose like routes the planes take. Yep. How do companies pick that now? They use okay. computer algorithms now. Okay. They look at demand and stuff like I that. I gotcha. But, and throughout the 50s, 60s, and 70s, they knew that sex sold seats. And they knew that their market was businessmen in suits who loved to be waited on by sexy stewardesses in short skirts, heels, famously hot pants, and go-go boots. Sex is the oldest job. It is. Absolutely. Several airlines even operated men-only flights, the most famous being operated by United Airlines between New York and Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, United. That's my favorite airline. They operated it twice a day, five days a week. No women, passengers, or children were allowed. That's awesome. Men smoked cigars and sipped whiskey. They ogled the youngest and the finest flight attendants that United had to offer at the time. The rest of that story is for another time, but suffice (laughs) it to say, if you were... A traveling businessman, times were good. (laughs) But then in 1978, the dream crashed and burned because airline deregulation happened. Airline deregulation meant that the government wasn't picking routes anymore. They weren't setting prices and competition between airlines who had previously been relying on the regulated structure, like we already said, became fierce. What airlines were there besides United at that time? Oh, uh, Southwest was still an airline. Delta was an airline. At the time, we also had Braniff and a lot of other smaller airlines because at the time, actually, a lot of airlines operated within one state. And if you operated within the state and you didn't cross state lines, the government didn't regulate you. Oh, okay. Southwest's model comes from a company called Pacific Southwest that Mm -hmm. only operated flights within California. 
Oh, okay. oh wow. So okay. that that's kind of where um, Southwest model come from. A lot has changed then. A lot has changed. Yeah. Then the airlines were deregulated and you could sell seats for whatever. Okay. But as you know, that made travel affordable. Southwest became popular. The dream of joining the Mile High Club was a little harder because seats became dense. Bathrooms got smaller. Everything got smaller and more dense on an airplane because they had to actually make money. They weren't just handed money by, Put by more seats those in plane. high prices, right? Got it. Yeah. Airline executives, brave passengers, flight attendants, and pilots were determined to keep the Mile High Club dream alive, but not always in the most upstanding ways. Hmm. Yeah. So before we get to the craziness, let's talk about legality. Okay. 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 As you can imagine, engaging in sex in, in your seat in an aircraft- In the open. Is illegal. Yeah. Okay. So here's my warning. Unless you'd like to be banned from flying an, on an airline, don't do that. Banned? So they actually do ban people. They do. For life. Oh, wow. Now, what if you get married and switch your name? Uh, <laughs> you, might like be able to, you, you might be able to get a loophole <laughs> around there. More recently, due to air rage issues, the airlines have gotten together to create a no-fly list that would effectively ban passengers from most, if not all, airlines if you got banned from one. Wow. Mostly for unruly behavior, but sex in public is most definitely on that list. And the ban, like I said, can be a lifetime ban because airlines and private companies can do whatever they want. That would really Yeah, sound. that's like Twitter. Right. Twitter loves to hate me. Oh, yeah, they, they, they have banned me permanently and told me don't even try to get another account. So do you think Elon Musk will bring you back? I already have another one. So, hey, Twitter, what's up? Still there. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Sex in an airplane lav, however, is not necessarily illegal. What? Because but you say necessarily, which must mean something. Okay. Well, let me tell you, it's specifically not illegal. Right. But it can get you in trouble in a lot of ways because the airline can frame the encounter as whatever they want to make it illegal, like I disrupting see. a flight crew or something like that, okay, which is okay. illegal, Indecent right? Indecent exposure or something. Something like that. Yeah. Also, airline lab doors, I don't know if you guys know this, they lock and unlock easily from the outside. Oh, no, I didn't know that. That's, that's, uh, whoa. I mean, there's flight attendants, like, right up there by the bathroom. What's anybody going to do? I just don't think I'd want to willingly be locked in that little small bathroom. I'd feel like the walls are closing in on me. They're so small. Who's going to lock you in a bathroom? Girl, you're, like, three feet tall. We could just put you in the changing station and do you. <laughs> so let me describe this. So there's a little handle, yeah. right? And you can pull it open and close. Yeah. And on the inside, there's a little lock. You slip it yeah. back and forth, mm -hmm. correct? Well, on the outside... Next time you're on an airplane, notice that where you grab the handle, there's a small oval metal piece that I is actually on. I did see that. Okay, do you see that? Yes. If you lift that up, you can put your finger in there and slide the lock from the outside. That what was the purpose of creating okay, so it that way? A safety and security, right? You Some... realize you told the worst person this, right? You'd be locking people in the bathroom now. <laughs> <laughs> It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. So you may do that because somebody is a terrorist or trying to hurt somebody or think you somebody has a gun or something like that. And you may need to get into the bathroom because they've been in there for 20 minutes, maybe doing something so dangerous. Or why are flight attendants taping people to seats? You could just throw their ass in the bathroom and well, lock. I guess that's kind of true, but then they would destroy the bathroom. But Better also, than destroying the whole plane. But also if somebody goes in there because air sickness or something like that and they pass out, I see. you mm -hmm. have to be able to go Correct. in there yes. and get them out. You can't like... It's a medical liability. It's a medical issue. So you, so there's a couple reasons where you, why you would want to that lock the sense. bathrooms. Or in, in turbulence, sometimes the bathroom signs will be red, like somebody's oh, yeah. in there. So the flight attendant locked the bathroom so you don't get up from your seat. Smart move. Mm. So that's why they lock from the outside. I want to lock somebody in a bathroom now. Oh my goodness. Here we go. How much, trouble, news. how much trouble will I get in? For locking somebody in the bathroom? I think they could just get out. Oh, oh okay. Mark. Darn. <laughs> I'm sorry you can't. Up my parade. I'm sorry you can't kidnap anyone into a bathroom. <laughs> anyway, so if you get into a bathroom, don't think you're in there and no Nobody one can get, get to you, right? Because they can get to you. Now, that being said, let's get into the meat of this podcast. So now Ooh, you guys have seen the history uh, okay. of the Mile High Club. All the way back to 1785. Let's start with failures and more discreet stuff, questionably legal stuff, and then we'll get a little more wild from there. Ooh, let's do okay. it. Okay. We're going to start with the billionaire bad boy, Sir Richard Branson. He has publicly waxed nostalgic about a threesome that he had at age 18 
in a Laker Airways lavatory. Quote, it was every man's dream. Okay, I don't know what kind of airplane this is, but a threesome in a lavatory. I was going to say, Maybe one's really small like you and they went on the changing station. I don't know. The changing station is a problematic point for several airlines, by the way. Really? Why is that? Yeah, because the changing station can hold a person. Well, that's why I was thinking, like, how would you do it? I've, I've tried this. And the station is... This is what I want to know. So basically what you're saying is the changing station folds down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You could sit on it. Right. Just spread them. And that's the issue. Uh, right. The, but I don't... But that wasn't, the, that wasn't the case when Richard Branson was 19 and how he had a threesome in a bathroom. How did three people fit? Was I don't it like have, a huge bathroom? I don't... I, I can't answer I that. barely fit in a public plane bathroom. Let I can't answer two, that question. Three. 2019 Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, which I didn't know he was still alive. He's got to look like Ugh, just a leather bag right. at this point, right? And his girlfriend were caught on camera entering and exiting a bathroom together <laughs> on a domestic commercial flight. Tabloids covered it widely, but nobody was arrested or fined. Okay. And do you think that has something to do with the celebrity status or do you just think... Uh, it was just, like whatever, turn one eye. I think you know, in the day, in the new day of cell phones, mm-hmm. I think everybody's like videoing everything. Right. Yes, everybody is videoing everything. Oh, for sure, you do for sure. So I think that was just the issue. And did he do anything in the bathroom? I mean, he was in a small bathroom with his girlfriend, so probably. Mm-hmm. But again, like like I said before, as long as he didn't cause a disturbance, as long as nobody said anything and he didn't like go crazy or whatever, it's not illegal. Hmm. hmm. Like if we get caught, I'm like, Shannon, you know, my friend said it was fine. It's not illegal here. <laughs> I have some comments from some commentary from a flight attendant that I'll read really? you guys right now. So I reached out to some flight attendant friends. Okay. And I said, hey, what happens in the following situations? So let me pull that up really quickly, and oh, I'm going to give you... Yeah, is there like a legit protocol for people having sex in the washroom? There is. Oh, okay, ooh. so here's the happens. question I posed to her. The question is, what do you do if you find a person having sex with another person, oral or whatever, in the bathroom, in their seats, or otherwise masturbating or self-love? That was the quick question. Okay. Here's what I got back, and I'd like to give Allison a shout-out. She took some time to write this. She said, one, I pay attention to never let two people in the lav and time span person in the lav to hopefully prevent that. So what she's saying is she pays attention to when people go into the bathroom and when they come out so that she doesn't miss one person going in and then another Mm -hmm. person going in before the other person comes out. Does that make sense? Got it. Yes. Yeah. So like somebody could be in there for five minutes and then the other person could be like. And they just unlock the door and then the person in, knows right. to come in. Two, she says, I walk through the cabin every 15 to 20 minutes and always keep a set of lights on either the window or the ceiling so the cabin is never in complete darkness. Again, hopefully preventing the situation. So she's working forward to prevent it. The third point she says is. If sex or self-love is discovered, I ask them to stop. I separate the passengers. I fill out a report. I get their information. It serves as a warning to inform the captain, possibly law enforcement, if they don't cooperate. For masturbation. So do you separate the person from For her hand? For sex or self-love. Okay. Because you so, say self-love. I'm like, what do you separate your hand from the person? <laughs> I mean, she's saying, she's saying she would ask them to stop. Okay. And so if basically, they didn't, you get a warning first. Yes, you get a oh, warning. That's good to know. That would be okay. utterly embarrassing. So that's what she has to say. She says, thank you. Keep them coming. I've told all my coworkers about your podcast. I love learning the reasons behind many policies and procedures due to historical incidents. Again, Allison wrote in and basically told me what I already knew, which was if you cooperate with the flight attendants and you don't do anything else after they've asked you to stop, and as as long as it wasn't outrageous, you're not going to get in trouble. But it's still kind of pointless in my eyes. The size of the bathroom does not equal pleasure to me. I would see it as hard to do and almost disrespectful to the flight attendants it's i don't feel like it's my it's their plane oh god we're gonna have opposite (laughs) so i've never hooked up in the bathroom but i've definitely given a blowy or a handy in the seat okay all right there you go (laughs) see i I could not do it could not (laughs) we're getting there okay granted though it was like an overseas flight so it was long the lights were turned out so no one knew what was going on okay here's an anecdote posted to milehighclub.com 
Okay. Which There's is smilehighclub.com. That's that, a place. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. You can buy merch there and stuff. I'm not advertising for them. I'm just saying you can go there and like you can tell your story. So whatever. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So and then you can join. I'm sure they, they charge you for that. But nah. on our quote, on our way to Miami, my boyfriend and I wanted to join the Mile High Club. It was an awkward back and forth dance from the front and rear bathrooms of our section. I would be ready to get into the to the restroom and my boyfriend would casually follow. The flight attendant just covered this, right? She right. said, well, I kind of watch to make sure one yeah. person comes out before the other person goes in. But someone would always appear behind us. Frustrated, I opted for one last shot. My anxiety and, adren- and adrenaline were pumping. I got into the restroom. I leaned up against the sink trying to look casual and sexy. In a tiny bathroom. Okay. The door opened, but it wasn't my boyfriend. It was a random sweaty guy who was trying to relieve himself. I didn't know what to do, so I just ran back to my seat. <laughs> oh, wow. See? See? This is another reason. <laughs> That'd be... Uh, yeah, no. 2018. Two passengers, both in their late 20s, boarded a flight within, with the intention of beginning a nice vacation. Shortly after takeoff, they struck up a conversation across the aisle, and on an 11-hour Virgin Atlantic flight from London to Cancun, their vacation began rather early. It wasn't long before they were making out. Quote, minutes later, she disappeared into the toilet, and he followed her in, said another passenger. It was so obvious. Everyone knew what was happening because she had been so loud and rowdy. A cabin crew also noticed and began pounding on the bathroom door. They then opened the door and found the woman sitting on the toilet and the man standing in front of her with his pants down. The man tried to argue that the woman was sick and he was in the bathroom to help her. With his pants down. Okay, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The flight attendant, quote, you're not even traveling together. Why were you there? So police detained the woman upon arrival in Mexico for acting, quote, in an abusive and threatening manner, which severely disrupted the flight crew. The woman was banned from all future Virgin Atlantic flights for life for, quote, repeatedly refusing to comply with crew requests and for being disruptive throughout the flight. That that chick has some balls. Like, once somebody starts knocking the door, I'd put my clothes on, just run to my seat, like, don't look at me, don't look at me. That probably wouldn't work, though, because the flight attendant's standing there waiting for the answer. It's exactly why I said I would not do it. Yeah. So it wasn't illegal, but the real issue was that she didn't comply with them. But she made an ass out of herself. Plus, is the legality reason really why? It's not why I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it for a pride issue, I think, if I got caught. I feel almost childlike. Like, oh, you can't follow a simple damn rule. Right, because also the... The fine is not going to be that big. Right. Yeah. Right. They may fine you a couple thousand dollars or something. And there's not really going to be any jail time or anything like that. They're just going to be like, here's Here your you fine. Here you delinquent. Here's your fine. You can't right. listen to rules. But I agree with you. Like, is it worth it? No. I don't know. I'm not. I think a lot of people think it is worth it. I'm to not them. one of those people. I'd rather just buy a you know, jet to go somewhere like and do it there where it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's another question I have. Is it considered Mile High Club if it's not commercial? I mean, I think it's Mile High Club. I think what we've done is we've just turned Mile High Club into sex in an airplane. But okay. it's a lot easier to, f- to fuck on a private plane than a commercial airline. For sure. And we'll so get, I feel like we'll get I, there. I feel, like, I feel like if you, if you fuck on a private plane, you don't get to say I'm part of the Mile High Club. You don't have to like do all the like song and dance to, to get to the bathroom. Oh, so you're suggesting that the Mile High Club has something to do with getting with the riskiness. The, with the riskiness. Yeah. Ah, oh, I kind of like that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know either. So I'm, I'm still out. <laughs> still out. Jenny's like, I'm out. Well, also, you have to realize that I have a civ job that I'm held by ethics. So I maybe that's a factor, too. I would never engage in any of this because because of my job. Same. See, ever. so maybe like, that's why I feel this way. But I'm, she I'm, has... I'm, I'm just a crazy porn star, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, I think it, it definitely comes down to a personal perspective. True. However, let's look at some bold travelers, okay? Ooh, yes. In 2013, a couple traveling from Rio to Barcelona was caught. I don't know why we would call it caught. Right. But they were having sex in their coach seats while seated in the middle row of a wide-body aircraft. The woman climbed on the man's lap and proceeded to ride him. That's just disturbing to me. The act was hidden by her skirt and a blanket. Another passenger, quote, she was looking back at the rest of the plane and bouncing up and down. It was pretty obvious what was going on. Wow. I mean, that's ballsy props to her, but... They're sitting in the front row I mean, of coach. Listen, oh my God. there could be children on that plane. I understand that your skirt's covering it, but... I mean, you'd have to be a real doofus to not know what's going on when you're bouncing off a dick. And what do you look at? 
Like did you make eye contact girl, with Peter in aisle look seven? And make eye contact with the other people, or what are you doing? Do you like high five the girls? Like, what's up, bitch? You know what's going on? Like, that's crazy, right? It's nuts. I mean, that's bold. Yeah, that's bold. But her skirt was covering it up, and a blanket. But is that covering it up? I mean, you're literally bouncing in a middle seat, sweetie. Okay, so this the couple stopped when they were asked, and no charges were filed. This is definitely illegal, but. The airline doesn't really want to make a big deal about it if you stop and nobody saw anything. Yeah, we'll just ignore the trampoline in the middle. You do know you're row. telling the worst person all of this, right? You're giving her ideas. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm glad I'm giving you ideas. I mean, yes. I, I, it's this, not this, terrible. This is good to know. Like, I get a warning, like, hey, you stop. Okay. And I if you ever it. wonder why Sarah and I no longer travel on the same plane together, now you know. Because <laughs> this day may happen and I don't want to be there. Okay, so that's a little, like, cringeworthy, but... Listen to the very illegal. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Here's a tale from a flight attendant named Katie Darden. Quote, as a flight attendant, I've seen some pretty messed up stuff. One time a guy decided to, quote, polish his knob in an aisle seat. Wait, next, what? Next to strangers. Polish with his everybody knob. Awesome. awake around him. He didn't have anything to cover himself. And when we caught him, he didn't even look embarrassed. What? He just pulled out his doodle bug and started beating it. Right there in front of everyone in an aisle seat in, I, I, in daylight. Ooh. Yeah, see, that's yeah not ballsy. That, that's, that's disturbing. That's like some peeping tob stuff. That's creepy and gross. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I, what do you do with your semen? Like, do you just shoot it on the person next to you? Fuck it, just go all in. I suppose. Just. <laughs> that's a good question. What, what do you do with the cum? Uh, right. I just, just shoot it on Betty next do to you. You just ring your flight attendant call button and be like, "Can I have some napkins?" Right. Can you put your hand out, ma'am? Right. Exactly. I, I got a, a handful of something for you. Can I have another cup? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't think this really happened. Yeah, so that's so this kind of stuff does happen. And it is it's for real. So there's so much on the internet I couldn't even cover it all. I couldn't even get it all in here. If you look up sex on a plane and go to YouTube or go to Twitter, you will find videos that people took of strangers just having sex next to them or behind them in rows. Like it's really obvious what's going on. You can't get away with anything in life anymore because of camera phones. No, you can't. And nosy people. Like yep. it's like, ma'am, good morning. Have your water. Mind your own fucking business today. That's all. People are just too nosy. Shaggy, it wasn't me, doesn't work anymore because everybody's walking around. I know, that was my motto. Like, ah, that's not me. I didn't do it. Nope. But there's some sick people. You could have a whole video. Just a whole video and they'd be like, not me, still. Oh, definitely. Them them people drive me crazy. Yeah, them people are crazy. Yeah, those people are crazy. (laughs) I'm those people. I know. All right. In 2019, on a flight from Moscow and bound for Vladivostok in eastern Russia, a couple aged 41 and 43 were having full-on sex in their seats. In their seat. In their seats, in the middle of economy, and all caught on video. A female flight attendant was filming it and ordered them, quote, come on now, calm down, settle down quickly. The plane will land and we will get you off. And then she says, get your (laughs) penis in your pants right now. Get your hands off his penis. Oh, my God. She's announcing this. She's saying that to them in the video. She's like standing next to them and like they're having sex and she's yelling at them. Wow. Okay. In other footage, the man is told by a flight attendant, quote, you know, the captain has been informed that you performed oral sex in a public place. There is video footage and we will be forced to report you to the police. You were performing unacceptable actions in a public place. You showed your penis to her and she touched it with her hands. All this has been filmed. And that'll be extra because you filmed it. (laughs) The woman giving the oral did not comment while on the video. However, the man said, what, lady, are you mad? Fuck you all. The couple was... That's definitely a Russian response. That's a Russian (laughs) response. The couple was fined $10,000 and they spent a few nights in jail. Okay, but they would not, correct me if I'm wrong, have spent time in jail had they just listened and stopped. 100%. Had they stopped, they may have gotten a little fine, a small fine or yeah. whatever, or maybe just been banned from the airline, but they chose not to do that. For me, that's blatantly degenerate behavior. That's just too yeah. much. I agree. But so there are so many stories, like I said, on the internet, but suffice it to say, a lot of them are just about chicks getting fingered, hand jobs, some blow jobs, dudes jerking off under their blankets. Give us your That's perspective easy. on this because you got ours where I just, I won't do the. Mm-hmm. I would never do it. Okay. So you're no, the same. never, even never. If, even if, if your job wasn't what it is? Um, no, I would not. To be honest, that's just my opinion. I'll say I do. Oh, no, oh, no I'll stop with him. I don't okay. think so. 
No. no, I just I don't think so because I just think that the quarters are too tight. I don't find it sexy to be like crammed in next to the to the person next I'm to me. I'm an adrenaline junkie though, so like, it's, it's not even about the having sex. It's like just like the whole like thrill of it. Well, there are plenty of outlets for that. Um, <laughs> right. Wide well, body on staring. wide body airplanes. There's actually they have now like um, wide, suites. Wide body is the two. Wide body two is aisle two one, right? aisles. Okay, okay. British Airways has suites. Doesn't United have suites on? There's they have like single suites. Okay. Not okay. like double suites. But and still, the Delta's the same. They have single suites. But Emirates has literally like sleeper cars. I did yeah. see like, that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, a queen crazy. size bed. So see for me, it's like then just use that. Like I don't want to be staring at a toilet that the next person just took a shit in. Right, exactly. Having sex. Like to me it's like eh. Right. I don't want to be looking at the sink where everybody right. spit while I'm right. getting railed from behind. Same. If I were a girl, right? Right. Or as a guy, like I don't want to be like standing there kind of with my head turned to the side, you know, trying to trying to like get a good position. You wouldn't be satisfied, right? Like I don't know why. You're I'd tall, be doing it. I'm five six. For Sarah being four nine, it's so much easier to put yourself in these small positions. Yeah. Where I feel like for me it would just not be satisfying at all. I I'm, I'm kind of with you, but let's Let's look at what other people think. In a global survey of more than 300,000 adults conducted in 2005 by a condom maker, Durex, Mm. 2%, just 2% of respondents worldwide and 4% of American respondents claimed to have had sex in an airplane. And you know you have to take a percent off for the liars out there. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) A 2010 survey commissioned by Census Condoms. Condoms do a lot of surveys, apparently. Yeah. What um, is a census condom? Never heard of it. It's probably a manufacturer that makes like a whole bunch of different okay. types. Anyway, uh, they found a similar incidence of in-flight sex, just 3% among its respondents. However, assuming that 100 million Americans have traveled by air, discount for lying, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. If even 1% have joined the Mile High Club, that's, that's a million a people. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> that's a million people. <laughs> A sex census published in 2011 by the condom maker Trojan found that 33% of American men aspire to have sex on an airplane, while the top locale for women is not an airplane, a beach. Oh, God, no. I would not want sand crabs. Thank you. Exactly. I agree, but... I would still do the beach. I I will give it that. Like, if it was dark or something, I would do it. But there's no way I'd do the airplane, so I guess I get it. I mean, it kind of does, I've, I've it circles around to, what'd you say? I fucked on both. So there you go. <laughs> you have done a plane? It was a private one, so I don't think it counts. It counts. It counts. Okay, then yes. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So you kind of kind of hinted at this before, Jenny. You kind of hinted at this is not a woman's fantasy. Correct. It's really not. It's, it's not. really not a female's fantasy. No. About 10% of women listed it in airplane as the as like their fantasy sex place. But don't you feel, I feel like some women, most women, a lot of women will just say their fantasy is what their partner's fantasy is and rather just not be honest until times when it comes down to doing it. I would hope in a survey that they would not lie, but who knows? Yeah, I think you're correct on the survey because 33% seems for men what I would think. Yeah. But what's the percentage of women? Zero? (laughs) I said it was about 10. That's still way lower than a male. That's still way lower than men. A 2011 Skyscanner survey claimed that 20% of people had had some kind of sexual encounter on a plane. But as we just looked at, the data does not support that. I think these people were just watching Black Swan or something like that. (laughs) And counting that. I don't don't really know. 20%, that's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I've never even wanted to do it. Never. I mean, that also would mean that on every flight you take, somebody is having sex if it was like 20%. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely not. That's definitely... I mean... Okay. Well, like, is this like full-on penetration or like him like touching her pussy or her well, touching his cock? Well, this is the thing, you know, how do we define exactly. mile high, right? We talked about the guy in the 1785s, right? I mean, he was he didn't call it mile high club. Because, I mean... The guy I mean, with the autopilot, like, he was flying at 500 feet. Yeah. That's not really... I mean, like, first talking about just like touching and like not like full-on penetration... I would go with 20%. Really? If it was just like fingering your partner or like... Yeah, or like touching his dick, whatever, yeah, getting him hard. Like maybe a little like cute little handy real quick or something like Defy that. Defy touching though, because it's one thing to have like your partner put your hand on your thigh and like quickly oh. touch your pussy. But are you saying that or like full on fingering? Because then I'm... you'd have to be... Is there removal of clothes? Does that make sense? Like if someone rubs my pussy through my pants, whatever. But I'm not going to pull what about, my what, what, what about like going up your pants though and down? With, with, with like the blanket pants? over, yeah. It's never happened. Would I allow it? I don't know. Is somebody next to us? Like, can they? See? It yeah. really depends on circumstances. 
But if I did it, it would not be for my pleasure. For sure. Okay. I understand. <laughs> I got to. It, it does come down to how we define it, right? Right. Is it full-on penetration? I mean, if you're two females, what are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, orgasmic fingering? Are we talking about oral in the bathroom? Maybe in your seat? I don't know. That's kind yeah. of... This is kind of where we don't have no, an yeah. answer. I mean, I would never pull out a vibrator and start doing myself, would you? No, it's loud. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, let's just say that there there's a vibrator that is not loud. It's like... You can't hear it. It's silent. Well, let's say it's a remote controlled and it's buried inside of you. It's already in you. Yeah, no one's yeah. gonna hear it. I would. There you go. Aren't you afraid to like make I when I come I'm like loud as oh, I'm a loud person. She in could general. be quiet. So am I. You know that I am too. You could be quiet though. Could you? Could you like kind of stifle that? I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine everyone looking at me like is this bitch having a seizure? <laughs> Hilarious. Let's move on to flight attendants. Mm-hmm. They tend to be a bit more discreet, though not less explicit. They do it? Oh, God. This is, this is, I got to hear this. So let me start with a joke. What's the difference between a good flight attendant and a great flight attendant? Oh, I don't know. A good flight attendant says, good morning, Captain. And a great flight attendant says, it's morning, Captain. (laughs) You posted that before on Instagram. (laughs) That was a good one. Yes, I like that. Let's, Let's look at Japan. In Japan in 2004, a flight attendant could make the U.S. equivalent of roughly $35,000 a year as a flight attendant. But due to cutbacks in cost savings and lack of a union, et cetera, by 2013, that number was just $25,000. That's crazy. So they went backwards in pay. This drove the flight attendants to seek alternative income sources. So some of the flight attendants and pilots came to an agreement, and the Japanese pilots were paying their flight attendants to have sex with them. That's a pretty great idea. So the senior female flight attendant was acting sort of as a pimp. Okay. For the younger women, allowing the pilots to select their favorite so through I, I, notes I like this. and hand signals. I'm here for it. Then the pilots would pay the selected flight attendant for, for fucking them during layover. <laughs> right. And then the flight attendant would give a kickback to the... To the madam. Okay. To the madam, right. However, they also began to extend this to male passengers. Okay. Oh. Hey, each his own. An investigation ensued. A brothel of the a few air. people were, filed, but were fired, but no charges were filed. See, that... Let me ask you this, since you have been a pilot for some time. Do the laws differ? So, example, like Disney has okay. their own laws, right? Yeah. Is it the same thing for aviation, or is it not? Because when you land, you call the police. Disney doesn't call the police. They call their police, right? So, right. I'm trying to figure out, are there no charges because they are their own system, or is it a different reason? Is well, there, like, aviation law, almost? There so aviation law has to comply with international law to, if it's an international flight. What about okay. domestic? So domestic is only abided by federal law, okay. not by state law. Although there's some arguments that if you take off from Japan and you land in Australia, you are liable for both Japanese and Australian law. There's hmm. some interpretation okay. there. And also, like let's say you take off from California and land in New York. There's some interpretation that you could be responsible for both California law and New York law, typically it's a big legal mess and they don't want to mess with any of that stuff. Gotcha. Understood. Okay, so normally... So um, that's why that's why they're like, eh, we don't want to charge you for fucking on an airplane. Just don't do it. Oh, it's such a pain. Okay. It would be so problematic for prosecutors, lawyers, if it was a criminal charge, airlines don't want to deal with it. Yeah, okay, they that don't, makes sense. If it's an employer, like we said, like a Japanese right. airline... It's very different. So the airline would then fire the employee or potentially charge Yeah, but they them. got away with a whole bunch if you think about it because there's a madam involved and that's trafficking. So that's why I was asking, like, how did they just turn a blind eye to that? Well, it's hard to judge uh, specifically about Japan because we have to acknowledge that prostitution is viewed di- very differently in certain countries. This is true. And Japan Correct. is one of them. You're right. Although prostitution is illegal in Japan, so many loopholes have developed that Japan has a booming $24 billion sex trade industry. Probably decriminalize that. I don't, I'm not going to go into that. that. That's for another podcast. You can listen to plenty of sex podcasts. That's what I have to say about it is it it does, there is a cultural aspect to it. Yeah, that makes sense. The Mile High Club isn't just for Japan. In 2007, a Qantas Airlines flight attendant was fired for allegedly having sex with Ralph Phineas, the actor who played Lord Voldemort in Harry Potter. Really? Oh. I would fuck him. I don't know who he is. Does he have a nose? If he has the nose. With or without? With or without. What's his name? Let me look up. What is it? Lord Voldemort or Ralph Phineas. I'm a diehard Harry Potter fan, so I'd fuck all of them. 
Um, that's a uh, hell no for me. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, while working, she was working on a flight from Sydney to London. A flight attendant working for a Middle Eastern airline reportedly made over a million dollars moonlighting as a prostitute, and she often made $2,500 to $4,000 each flight. Good for her. Because she was having sex with male passengers. Good for her. Yes. (laughs) She was billing herself as selling the Mile High Club. The woman has since been fired. Uh, She was not a national, so she was deported, but she was only deported and fired. She was not charged with anything. I mean, I kind of agree with that. I Mm -hmm. I think prostitution should be legal. I agree with you. 100%. Airlines have fired flight attendants, both male and female, for prostitution. And this isn't just a recent development. There have been flight attendants selling membership to the Mile High Club to passengers for as long as there have been flight attendants. Okay. 100%. Both male and female. The first example we see, however, of public firing is in 1974. British Airways was founded that year. And it also became the first airline to publicly fire a flight attendant for prostitution. Airlines had done that quietly for years and years and years, and they continue to do so. But British Airways wanted to make an example because they were just founded and they fired a flight attendant for prostitution. Probably trying to boost their name or something. I'm not sure what they were doing, right. but I, I, maybe, I, like I said, I think sometimes people get, get used as an example. Okay. Right? Sometimes I agree. people get Fair used enough. as an example. A woman claiming to be a British Air a British Airways flight attendant spoke to the UK press recently, claiming that she had witnessed countless flight attendants soliciting sex from first class passengers. And here are some quotes from her. So get ready; these are good. Oh, I'm excited! Yeah, I love this. A stewardess was caught soliciting sex on board as a prostitute. She was caught business carding it, <laughs> trying to drum up business on her flights. Another did the LA trip. And she had a nice little business down there of people coming to her hotel room and having sex with her. Okay. <laughs> so she wasn't like maybe doing it on, on the, the flight. On the flight. She's doing it after the flight. So there's so she's saying they're business carding it. So she's like, give me give a him, call. Yeah. I've done that before. <laughs> Again, I think prostitution should be legal. Right. So I'm not I'm not like blaming this woman. That's also, good marketing, for, I think. And honestly, first class is the best place to pick up clients. I picked up three clients in first class. There you go. Also Everybody has this fantasy. Of, I mean, I'm not going to say everybody. Lots of people have a nurse fantasy or a, <laughs> or a, or a flight attendant yes. fantasy, right? That's a thing that exists. And so doing that while you're making, I don't know, those flight attendants probably make fifty to $75,000 a year, but yeah. doing it on your layovers, I mean, yeah. I, I don't nice know. Little I think supplemental. It's, it's kind of multitasking. Yeah. I mean, you're a pilot. Do you feel like... A lot of pilots, because let's be honest, you guys are away from home a lot, maybe having needs. Do you think that a lot of pilots pay for sex? Definitely. Okay. I feel like a lot of people would be surprised to know how many people actually do in all different aspects of life. 100% I have been in, I have been exposed. I have been around that. Oh, okay. You know, (laughs) so. That's funny because I was just on a flight. A Delta flight, mm-hmm. and the pilot was not working, but he was sitting next to me getting home. Yeah. And he solicited me. <laughs> Amazing. I was looking at my Twitter, and I didn't realize that he was looking over my shoulder and seeing what I did. Oh. <laughs> and it struck up conversation. Ah, oh, I understand. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so this same woman, she says, it was perfect as she was meeting really high-end people, like Sarah just said, yep. business class and first class, meeting the real rich guys. Where money is nothing and they're willing to pay for it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your experience, Sarah. So you said you solicited on an airline, you know? Yes. So how does this, how does that work? What are the technicals or like, tell me the guts of that. Depends how many drinks I've had that day. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, you're pretty open with what you do for a living. Oh, for sure. That always starts, I I think. Yes. So this one didn't even know though. So sit down. He's hot. He looks at me. I look at him. We don't say anything for most of the flight. Finally, I'm like fuck it. I have to say something. I go, I like your tie. It would look really good around my neck. And he hands me his business Bold. card. He goes, I'll be in Boston for three days. And I text him and I saw him for three years. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um. So the same woman also claimed that a pilot was known for having sex with flight attendants mid-flight and in the cockpit. See, I've never oh. seen a 
flight attendant even enter. I've seen them come out and them stand there if they use the restroom, I've noticed. but that's So flight awesome. attendants do enter the cockpit on domestic flights. So what they do is when one pilot leaves, the flight attendant goes in so that she or he, I don't mean to be sexist, can open the door when the pilot comes out. Because if there is one pilot and now we have a secure door, who flies the airplane or who monitors the airplane rather? You have to have somebody there to open the door. I never thought about that. Yeah, me yeah so there is a time when a pilot is alone in the have on you, the flight. Have deck. you ever got flirty with with a flight attendant? When flirty you're with in? a flight attendant? Sure, absolutely. Have you done anything naughty? Never. I never. don't believe you. Um, not in uh, not in my airline life. Okay. So that's a good segue to get to the naughty business that involves pilots. You okay, dirty horse. We already did it. <laughs> but before we do. I want your thoughts so far. I mean, we've kind of had them along the way, right? So we kind of cover passengers. We kind of cover flight attendants. We're going to get to pilots, and ultimately, we're going to get to airlines talking about it. So how do you uh, – how, what do you guys think? I mean, what what is the Mile High Club to you? It's nothing to me, honestly. As I, as I told you, it's just never been on my bucket list. Um I find it exciting. I think I, there's a. Di- I mean, I love the difference of opinion. It's not. I don't. I don't think one is right or wrong. It's I just. Right. I mean. I mean, like, like, it's like I'm very out there with my with what, what I do, who I am, everything. So, like, to me, it's just like you're an exhibitionist more yes. than I. I think yes. that's word. And differs. I don't know. Like, normal sections gets boring, so you need to spice it up. I agree with. So that, it's yes. like I, I need like like am I gonna get caught? Who's gonna see? We're watching. Yes, please watch. Okay, got it, got it. In the back of my head, I'm always like, if I get caught, ethics is sending me to sex rehab for 90 days. I'm good. I'm not doing it. (laughs) The next stuff is very real, but it tends to get a little creepy stalkerish. Okay, the next stuff is very real, but it tends to be a little stalkerish creepy because pilots are doing a job that they can't walk away from during flights. Okay. So if you're talking about how pilots potentially would engage in sex during a during a flight where they have to work, things get a little dicey. Okay. <laughs> pilots from the German airline called Condor were caught circulating video of flight attendants having sex with each other, both in the plane and in the hotel. Ooh. So the pilots are not engaged in the sex, they're just taking video or circulating the video. Okay. The airline terminated the pilots and threatened them with criminal charges because it is illegal to send a video in Germany without the person's consent. I mean, yeah. That's like revenge porn, right? It is like, that's like the revenge porn law. Germany is very particular. Wait, so somebody was recorded in it and did not know? Well, they knew they were recorded, but they didn't know that the pilots were like distributing the video. Okay. A Southwest Airlines flight attendant has sued and she saw two pilots secretly recording video of the plane's bathroom on an iPad during a flight. A wireless camera and a wireless iPad. She came into the cockpit during a bathroom break, like I said. Correct. And she saw the iPad sitting on the glare shield showing footage of the bathroom. When she questioned the pilot, the flight attendant was told that the camera was in fact live streaming from the bathroom and that she should, quote, keep it on the down low. No, no, no. That's wrong. Mm Mm-mm. There's mm. children that take flights. Absolutely not. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. I do not get the whole like recording people in the bathroom no. or a shower or like, oh, and the pilot who left the cockpit, he also left his unlocked and loaded handgun on the seat. Oh, what? Um, those pilots are still employed, although she is uh, involved in a lawsuit currently. See, that that's disgusting on so many levels. Like what adults do, I try not to. I just mind my own damn business. But yeah, don't sh- yuck on other people's yum. I get it. Right. But you're going to you don't know who's going to go in that bathroom. And there's just yeah. children. I just can't explain bathroom cameras. I'm really at it's a loss weird there. to me. Yeah. Aside from like who's going in there, like why do you want to watch people go to the bathroom? Why? In hopes of seeing things, maybe. I in hopes know. of seeing what, though? Like nothing Sex. really. The the 20%, I guess, that they say. <laughs> claim, yeah. Of course, the old adage of pilots hooking up with flight attendants, that's not a myth. Mm-hmm. We know that. Many pilots marry flight attendants. Mm. For instance, the 787 has a large double bunk upstairs for pilots and another bunk room with six beds for flight attendants. They are unused on domestic flights. Okay. They are certainly an accessible area to crew on both short and long flights. And I'm not saying anything naughty happens. But I'm also it saying, totally does. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Okay. So what I what I am saying is there are private crew areas and we don't know what goes on in them. We do know that 
pilots are married to flight attendants. Sometimes they're paired together on flights. We also know that sometimes pilots are married to other pilots or flight attendants are married to other flight attendants. But do you feel like it's because that's what they're interested in or it's just a male and a female spending a lot of time together? I mean, let's be honest. Work is pretty much most of adults' life. For airline workers, I don't believe it has anything to do with the airplane being like a place where where it's like somehow so same concept with nurses and doctors again yes like if a nurse and doctor are caught you know having sex i could tell you so many stories about that right so (laughs) if that happens it's just because that's where they happen to work i think that's the same for pilots and flight attendants i don't think that that it's something special but let's talk about what airlines do okay okay a lot of long haul carriers have taken the wi-fi approach to couples. We alluded to this before. British Airways and Singapore Airlines introduced first-class two-person suites with massive beds. The ads for the suites showed rose petals on the bed and promised free champagne. That sounds like an invitation for sex. Right. Absolutely. Singapore Airlines says it's not, and they said it was a particularly worrying trend, and they also corrected themselves and said, oh, well, these suites aren't soundproof. However, let's be honest at what the airlines are doing. Like I said, they know they can't fight it. Of course. They're selling sex. So they are selling, selling sex. Yeah. Yes, they're selling couples rooms. Mm-hmm. I think it's smart. I do too, and I do not have a problem with that aspect of it. I think I would do totally that because there's some privacy, and I would not fear it being publicized. Yeah. No, if you're in bed with Correct. the person you're with right. on the flight, and it's a bed and you're in a private room. Right. It's no one's business what I'm doing. But it's he- also here's like- where I'm the weird one. I'm like, well, there's no risk and chance of being caught. So I'm like, okay, whatever. You would be disinterested because there's no risk, and yes. I would be interested because there's no risk. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. I love that. But I was going to say, I don't think Sarah would consider that Mile High Club. But what about it's... you? Because um, you said no. Now, is that something that you would do if there's privacy, you're on a vacation, you're not at work? Forget about work. Yes. Okay. I'm not into public anything. Same. So if it's private and it's in a room and I don't differentiate, I'm not going to differentiate between. Right. Now, am I going to have loud sex? No. Probably right. not. Because we know that those, I mean, you can look at the door and see that it's this thick, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you yeah. can look at it. You can That's tell. what ball gags are for. Mm, I... I can so appreciate that. Ugh. But you could still make noise with ball gags. True. Yes. Yeah, just not quite as much. <laughs> right. But Sarah, you talked about this before. There's a better solution than getting freaky on a commercial airliner. You do it on your own plane or Correct. a yes. private plane. See, right? that's fine for me. Playboy operated an, a DC-9 called The Big Bunny. Yes, I watched a documentary about that. And it was outfitted with an in-flight nightclub, complete with a fur-covered oval bed, a shower, and a full, it was like, like I said, discotheque. I heard a yeah. lot of stories about this. It featured flight attendants called Jet Bunnies. They wore ears to match their black leather mini jumpsuits. Yep. So let's talk about where we are today. Okay. <laughs> so we know all the things we talked about, right? But what can you do today if you want to get it on mile high, but not risk it? They have it in Vegas now. They do. You are just a step ahead of me, which is perfect. Today, there are a few services geared toward mile high membership. And there's one in Las Vegas called Love Cloud. Yes, we were looking at this for my birthday. And it's a waste of money, in my opinion. It's at like, lovecloudvegas.com. I agree. It's a, 15 minutes. Like, what kind of guy? Like, at lovecloudvegas.com, you can book a mile high private flight. Oh. I guess it could be a mile high. I mean, that's only 5,000 feet. You can totally be at mile high. Look, you said one was flying 500. So Yeah, I mean, it's fine. The back of the small airplane is basically a bed. And the condom isn't the only thin plastic layer that's keeping you safe because there's one between you and the pilot. And it's just a vinyl <laughs> curtain. You know, That poor pilot. I know. I, I, I kind of thought about I that I hope he too. gets paid very well. Well, you can book their silver package. It's 45 minutes of flying. It's $1,000. That's not bad. I, why was I thinking it was 15 Someone told there, us it was 15 There's different. Okay. There's yeah, different okay. packages. You can stay for an hour for $1,195, and you can do a full like 90 minutes for like 1500 bucks. That's not terribly pricey to but me. But you're going to be riding in this little airplane. No. You lost me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the back of the airplane looks like this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I love it. What do you think? I love it. I'm so here for it. You two are so different. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> But let's talk about the winner of the Mile High Club. Okay. In 1992, NASA astronauts Mark Lee and Jan Davis got married, and they did so in secret. They were sent into space on an official mission. They claimed, quote, nothing happened, but 
we can only guess that they are the highest ranking members of the Mile High Club. And in their case, more than 62 miles. So they fucked in space? How would you fuck in space with I mean, a space suit? Well, I don't think that you need a space suit. You no, not inside. You wouldn't you do need it a space suit inside. Right. But you, I don't know shit about space travel. You'd no. float. <laughs> like, how do you, you have sex float. while you're floating? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, think I would it's be cool. interested yeah. in that if I was the only person there with the other person. Of course, you and Elon Musk get your Twitter back. <laughs> Elon, like, come on, man. We're all about freedom of speech. Come he'll, my other he'll, Twitter. He'll fuck you in space for sure. Ladies, that was Mile High History in a nutshell. Yes. Sarah, you asked me what was the best way to have sex in an airplane. Yes. Here you go. He says he doesn't so, know. Hmm. I do know. So, in wide bodies, in the aft of the cabin is a handicap lav, okay, that you can get a wheelchair in that is quite large. You can get a wheelchair in. You can transfer from the wheelchair to the toilet and back. Also, the center divider of that can be taken out in the case of someone's need for handicap lav. But that bathroom is big enough so... It, it would feel a little smaller than a hotel bathroom. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. If you were talking about getting bent over the counter, and that would be the best way. Okay. I, I would see that. I still would be a no for me, but. <laughs> that would be the best way. I That would be the best way, and that would be the most legitimate way to keep it legal, to like join the Mile High Club and keep it under wraps. Okay. Although you pretty much told me that. I still get my like warning of, hey, don't do that. Yeah, you still get a so, warning. I'm going on that. <laughs> yep. Um, you oh you're probably not going to get in trouble. But there's a problem. But like... it, you know, don't quote me on this one. But <laughs> you're probably not going to get in trouble, especially if you're just in the bathroom. They knock on the door. Hey, you in there? Get out. Quit fucking around. Whatever. Get out. You're yes, gonna ma'am. have time. Okay, sorry. Right. Exactly. You're gonna have time to zip up and yeah. you know, get out. So, but that is the best advice that I have. Yes. The best advice I have is also don't do it in your seats. Oh, gosh. Because there are so many issues with public exposure and things like that. And they yes. could, airlines can really paint that as whatever they, they want. want. And you yeah, can thanks. end up in jail. You can mm-hmm. end up as a sex offender. You, I mean, if you're anywhere Ooh. near a child, yeah. you could end up as a sex offender. Even if it doesn't involve anything like that. Okay. So, ladies, do you have any questions for me? I loved having you, you ladies on. It was fantastic. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's been our pleasure. And did you learn anything? Yes, I learned that I could fuck on an airplane. And I learned my wife is crazy. Yeah. Mm. No. No, I knew that. So no. No. I knew that. <laughs> yes. And that, that hot air balloon guy was onto something. I think so too. Yeah. I think a hot air balloon maybe might yes, be. Yes. I have a new bucket list item. And the, yes. You know. Yeah. I could see Sarah just flipping over it. No, that's a bad idea. <laughs> I don't. I, I think it would come up to like. Her I could tits. see her trying to sit on it or something. The, no. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the side of the basket would come up above her titties, so it would be. It's yeah. Fine. It would just, she'd be like, "It's it's fine. I'm fine." <laughs> I can't even see over the edge. Right. Right, and then you get to, and then you get to see the countryside. Yes. I think maybe he was on to the best part of it. Yes. But there are stories also of people having sex while skydiving. There are people. There are okay. stories of people no. having sex in gliders. In have you been skydiving? Hang gliding, yes. I have 10 times. I don't see where this would happen. Like you're strapped to somebody almost immediately. I hate skydiving. You know, I loved it in the beginning, but I did it so many times it took away. Like I just don't like it anymore either. I just have an intimate relationship with being inside a working airplane that when they pushed me out i was just like terrified i, I want my pallet like chair little, back i screamed like a little girl i was just like i'm fucking over this already and it's been one second i was like no thank you and then when he pulled the parachute it just i just rode my nuts the whole time and i was just like ah, i couldn't get a, get off of that i mean i was literally sitting on my nuts so skydive chicago i jumped naked to jump free dumbest thing i ever did that's fantastic yeah except for the boob pain (laughs) (laughs) all right ladies i'm gonna wrap it up thank you so much for being on with me today maybe we can do it again sometime and jenny sarah is such a pleasure having you guys thank Thank you you. all right till next time that's the episode till next time